0: Hello, everyone. How are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where we have the discussions that inform, entertain, and challenge educators to be the change. I'm your host, Dr. Will. And today with me, I have Imad Rahim. Uh, we are actually connected on LinkedIn and Twitter. And he came on my radar because of a lot of the writing that he does on LinkedIn, uh, talking about business. But it's a different angle. So you'll see stuff like how to brand your stuff like a, like a rap group and where he wrote about Wu-Tang and other things. And uh, so it was just really interesting. And I wanted to have him on the show to bring his perspective on personal branding. Uh, So for those who will be watching on YouTube or listening to on SoundCloud or iTunes, Imad, will you please introduce yourself?
1: Hey, good afternoon or good morning, depending on where you're at everyone. My name is uh, Dr. Imad Rahim. I am an endowed professor and chair at Bellevue University, and I'm currently also serving as an interim dean at Claremont University, more of a consulting uh, background. But um, my, my, you know, my perspectives and background ties directly to entrepreneurship, project management, and higher education.
0: Mm, awesome. So I want to begin by defining, because people, today people will be talking about personal brand, and... I like having these shows discussions because people that I work with in the field, they don't a lot of times consider themselves as a brand. I even had a person on my show who's an edge, an active entrepreneur. And I asked her, why does she think educators should become, you know, should embrace personal branding? And she said, well, they shouldn't unless they want to, on a business, and I thought that sort of strange because I'm thinking everyone has a personal brand. So let's begin by defining what a personal brand is, and why do you think everyone should start think of the thinking of themselves as a brand?
1: Okay, okay, all right. So, so branding is your identity, right? Um, and your identity basically ties to how you want to present yourself to the world, right? So it ties back on your your business model, um, your specialization. If you're teaching, you specialize in something, you want to brand yourself tying back to that specialization. If you're a business and you provide some type of service or you're selling a product, you want to tie yourself back to that, that business itself. But as an educator, if we truly say that we are experts in this field, that we are thought leaders on this topic, then we have to brand ourselves tying to that topic, tying to that specialization to showcase that we really know what we are talking about. And what makes us an expert so when we talk about branding from that aspect right that means writing on that topic that means presenting on that topic that means engaging in these interviews where people ask you questions on that topic and you're providing emerging trends you know on that topic research on that topic and so forth so you're really making sure that when someone talks about this topic your name comes up on this topic. So you can't be, you can't say you are a specialist if no one knows you and, and knows that this is your field. Right.
0: Wow. I, I love that explanation Uh, because you know, when I try to tell people, I try to say, look, you know, if you are a librarian, well, what kind of librarian are you? What do you bring to the table that is unique to yourself? And I like how you, just brought that all together with that definition. So with the brand, you know, everyone has their own story. So how, how do people go about discovering their story? And how does someone do that and sort of sell themselves without sounding like they're selling soap? No, I, I think that's that's very important to make the difference. I think there's a huge difference between pitching,
1: right? Pitching who you are versus sharing who you are and, and really promoting that story. And and pitching is more of a, a marketing, right, a, a marketing tool, right? So it doesn't feel as organic, it doesn't feel as natural. Uh, when you are sharing your story, right, you're sharing a piece of yourself, you're sharing a piece of your life, um, and your passion should really be, be, uh, you know, be presented in that story, your, your motivation, you should be inspiring people through that story. And in order to do that, you have to continue practicing right? And I mean, practicing as far as um, engaging in this conversation with other people in your field and outside of your field, um, crafting how you want your story to be, to be um, shared, right? Not sold, but to be shared. Um, because you want to control that narrative. A lot of people lose their story um, and the story changes because they have no control over it. You want to be able to say, this is how I want to present myself. So these are the, the examples I want to share in my story. Um, these are the situations I want to share in my story. And you want to conclude that my story ended in this way, right? These are my experiences. Um, you know, these are my um, ups and downs, highs and lows. And, and this is where I'm at today, right? So, you know, people, when, when they hear a story, they want to, have something to take away from that story they want to you need to be able to provide some type of meaningful powerful impact so when they leave they say wow that was an amazing story right and then they tie that story to you they they tie those examples to to you and when they need that bit of motivation when they need that inspiration they think of you and think of your story
0: Mm, i like that i like that so my audience It's educators. And, you know, there are a lot of us who work within the field of instructional technology or education technology. And so we're out there doing some of the same things, whether it's Google training or or working with teachers on blended learning or online learning, etc. How does someone be strategic in building their brand and doing so to not only amplify their voice, but to stand out uh, from others who do the similar work that you do?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, first, I think you need to do research, right? Do research on the field. Uh, identify someone that you admire, that is doing something that you want to do, that that you you know that you have an interest in doing, and then kind of look at what they're doing, right? Because they're tapping into a market that you want to tap into, right? So whatever whatever they are doing is working, right? And then you look at those tools and you look at that strategy that they that they are executing on. And you try to figure out, well, how do I create something like that, right? You don't want to create the same exact thing, but you want to create something like that. Because I always believe that you don't need to recreate the wheel if it's already been done. But you shouldn't copy it exactly because that's not you, right? That's someone else, right? But if they are, if they are speaking to the same population that you are speaking, obviously, that target population is interested in the tools, in the programs, in the services they're providing. So you could also utilize those, you know, those same that same approach. But how you want to present yourself should be very different from that person. Right? How you want to engage in that in that population should be very different than that person. Right? And, then, and then I always, you know, I always um you know recommend that you reflect on how you like to be engaged right so if you like say you like podcasts right i love podcasts i enjoy listening to it i enjoy watching it then then it's more than likely that you should pursue developing your own podcast on this topic because you have an interest in it you know it very well both from an audience side but now from a presenter and facilitator side right same thing when it comes to writing if you read a lot whether it's blogs whether it's white papers whether it's articles right and you want to and you wanna target that population that's reading this stuff, then you know it best. You know what what people find interesting, right? You know the platforms they're going to to find this information because you're doing that and your colleagues are doing that, right? So do some research from the back end and develop a strategy from that, right? But like I said, you want to make sure that that strategy fits your comfort level, you know, that it, that it fits in uh, the, how you want to brand yourself going forward. You don't want to, you know, copy exactly what someone else has done already.
0: Okay. Now, so there, your brand is supposed to be true to, to your authentic self. And that said, you know, there's all kinds of stuff floating around on Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube. How does someone keep their brand simple? Mm. You know, I,
1: I I think I you know I consider my my brand uh, pretty simple right I'm not I'm not that flashy at least I don't think I'm flashy um, I I don't use too much media right I don't do any editing on my videos I I, I don't um, you know I don't use any flashy platforms that are out there um, you know so in regards to being simple is you try to Use those tools that feel more natural, right? I, I think if, a, if, if technology becomes too complicated um, and you need additional help and support to get something out there, then maybe it's too much, right? If, if the language and the message seems to be pushed um, by more, uh, you know, technological um, uh, you know, um, editing, you know, software and things like that, then I feel you're losing what you're trying to promote, right? So I, I mean, I've seen videos and they look great. You know, they look like something, you know, a movie trailer would look like and it looks great, but I lost your message, right? I was, I was so focused on all the flashiness and I was so impressed with the, you know, with the sound quality, with the background and, you know, all this editing stuff you've done. You lost me in your message, right? The message is gone, right? So you have to figure out, well, how do I promote that message? in a quality manner, right? That reflects my personality and reflects my my brand uh, without losing them in all of the the flashiness, right? Without losing them in all of the advanced technology that's currently offered. And some of my favorite, um, uh, uh, you know, thought leaders, they, they, they use their iPhones to record the things that they do, right? It feels natural. It's in their backyard. I feel like Um, I'm having, you know, coffee with them when I listen to them, right? Um, When they write, you know, they, they, they might write from a, from a scholarly perspective in regards to peer review research. That's 36, 46 pages, right? And that's for one type of population, but they will still find time to write a one page blog, something very simple, something very straightforward to another population, right? So I think that's a way of keeping
0: it simple. And how much of, of oneself should one share or put into that work? Like so for you, your writing feels young and and fresh. And for someone coming, you know, growing up, you know, and listening to to Wu Tang and, and knowing uh, you know, having liking athletes and all those things, and the way some your writing brings in those elements and you talk about those things, you relate business practices to those kinds of people. Are you ever concerned that within the field of business, you may be alienating a certain group of folk or uh, do you just not care because you say, look, I'm just bringing all of myself to what I do. I, I would
1: say yes and no, right? So there are times where I'll write something and I realize, you know, maybe I offended somebody or maybe I uh, am losing a certain population because my, my, how I narrated uh, is, is too narrow. Right. And then I go back and I tweak it and I'll, and I'll update it. Um, you know, I, I have also presented and in that presentation, I realize if I say this, right. So for example, um, when I talk about one of my mentors, I describe him as Morgan Freeman, you know, from, um, you know from lean on me right uh, and and then I realize is it lean on me or stand stand by me is lean on me right the movie? On
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah so um you know so I you know when I used to when I used to share this example you know a lot of students they got that especially you know um, you know we're talking about five six years ago right um, but talking to this generation I realized if I say that then they probably have not seen that movie right and they probably only know Morgan Freeman from the Doritos commercial. They probably have never seen any of his movies, um, so I had to to change it. And I, I I said, you know what? He's 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 the Rock, right? Mm-hmm. The Rock, you know, because that they, they know the Rock. Um, or I change um, my references from the Wu Tang Clan to maybe, you know, Kendrick Lamar, right? So. So that way you can still grab that audience. Your information doesn't change because the lessons learned are still the same. The resources are still the same. Um, but how you're trying to connect it might, might, might change, right? Um, but there are also things I write about and how I write about will not change, right? Because if, if I change it, then I lose the genuineness of it, right? There are, there are certain things that I don't use and I'm not gonna recommend them because I don't use them, right? right. Is, there's uh, certain theories and concepts that I don't believe in. And just because they are trending in higher education doesn't mean that I'm going to recommend them. Right. So so those there's, so there's certain things I stay and certain things that I will that I will update and modify depending on on what's emerging and how I feel about it.
0: Hmm. So where does social media come into play when building one's brand? So
1: this is this is a question that I get a lot, and especially you know from my generation and the generation above me. Um, sometimes people go bananas, right? They end up using too many, too much social media. Um, they listen to people, and 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 they're 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 doing some research, and all of a sudden they feel like they need to be in on every platform, right? But there are a lot of research that are coming out now that's saying, listen, if you don't have this target population, you don't need to use it, right? If if, um, if this is something you're not interested in, then most likely your readers and followers are not interested in, so you don't need it, right? Um, and there are certain platforms that are more powerful than others based on what you're doing, right? And with the millennials, what is trending now will not trend in the next few days or next few months or whatever, right? You know, so Snapchat, might not be a good platform anymore, right? Twitter may be a great platform today, but may no longer be a a great platform tomorrow. So you really have to find out what you feel, uh, one, best fits your brand in regards to the message you want to promote. Uh, Second, the audience that you're trying to present to, that they're actually on that platform, that they're using that platform. Um, Three, that the message you're sending is very different, right? Hmm. The stuff that I share on Twitter is gonna be different than what I share on LinkedIn. What I share on LinkedIn is gonna be different than what I share on Facebook. The pictures that I share on Facebook will most likely be different. If not, the message is, is different on Instagram, right? And then, and then also, I don't use like Pinterest because that's not my target population. I don't use Google Plus as much because there's not a lot of activity from my population. And the reason why you don't want your message to be the same, because people are saying people start feeling they're getting the same stuff over and over again. So if I'm reading your stuff on Facebook and your stuff on Facebook appears on LinkedIn, then why am I following you on LinkedIn? This is, I could just get, get it all on Facebook. Right. Or why am I reading your tweets when everything that you tweet about is technically on Instagram? So why am I doing that? Right. So people start, they start closing off of this. Um, you know, they start, they start, closing uh those platforms that 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 follow you that are connected with you or they feel that you're basically recycling the same stuff over and over again
0: Mm. so how do you repurpose content since you brought that up so if you have this article about branding on entrepreneurship that first appears on linkedin and you want to get that same message out to twitter how do you repurpose that to fit the Twitter audience that it feels fresh and new? So, so you layer it, right? So I wouldn't
1: copy and paste something that I wrote on Twitter, I mean something I wrote on LinkedIn and put it on Twitter. What I would do is I would change the, the narrative, right? So I would, so let's just say, you know, I wrote that one article, um, how to brand like the Wu-Tang Clan, right? So that's the title. I wouldn't always copy and paste that into Twitter. I would refer it back to LinkedIn because I want people to go to my LinkedIn profile and click on it. That's how you drive traffic, right? Mm-hmm. So I would go on Twitter and I say, hey, all you marketers, what do you know about hip hop and branding? Well, listen to the Wu-Tang Clan. And then I would hashtag Wu-Tang or well, I would include Wu-Tang. And you know, one time I did that and Ghostface Killer actually shared it with his group and then a few people pulled it up, right? So sometimes would you include these other people? and you include their handle, then they, they may look into it, and they may share it with their population, or they may say, hey, this is a great thing, you know, let me add and expand on that, right? I also had a, you know, some great conversation with people that I included that, that, that DM me later that said, hey, I want to add some perspectives on that, and that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Facebook, I have two Facebook pages now, so I have a fan page, right, and I have my personal Facebook page, right? So one is private, one is not. And that's, I think it's also very important. You know, the private stuff, I share pictures of my family, you know, where I'm at, you know, my, my vacations and trips and things like that. But my fan page is directed to my followers, people that I don't know, right? That may be interested in what I'm doing, where am I presenting at, my books and things like that. And I also will change that information from, you know, that's different from my LinkedIn, right? Because my LinkedIn is more professional, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, I don't provide uh, uh, quotes or or talk about what I ate and you know and uh, you know and, and share moment to moment my travels. Facebook does that. I will share moments to moments in regards to pictures, audio, video, things that tie to conference presentations, travels, fellowships, and so forth. But but LinkedIn, I like to keep it really professional, right? So I talk about career stuff. I I, I provide entrepreneurship tools I blog and things like that
0: okay <laughs> so for those before we go for those educators who they think of personal branding for that singer uh, that actor that athlete but don't see it for the everyday educator how can they go about developing a personal brand for themselves
1: well yeah, let, me, let me pull it back I think you know, a lot of people will tie their brand to their institution, right? So I think there's a feeling like, well, I work for Duke University, so I don't need the brand myself. I work for Duke University, right? Or I work for that school district and everybody knows about that school district. So, you know, and and then they they tie themselves to that brand, right? But in order to really grow who you are and and focus on your career and where you wanna take your career, you should brand yourself in a way where people are saying, wow, that person works at that school district. That must be a great school district because that teacher works there, right? That educator works there. Um, there are thought leaders at universities, you know, that you wouldn't, that, that, you, that you wonder, what are they doing that at that university, right? They got these textbooks, they got, you know, they got these amazing podcast shows and, you know, and they're, they're, the, they're on these think tanks, right? So why are they at that university? And it makes you think, that university must be pretty amazing to keep that person, right? So you have to approach it in that way, right? And by approaching it in that way, you have to say, well, what do I wanna share? And how do I wanna share? And how often I wanna share? Those are the three things, right? Um, because you have to figure out, well, what platform should I use? What should I be comfortable in, right? Don't use everything all at once. Start out small, right? I always say, if, if as an educator, go on LinkedIn. Start blogging your thoughts, start sharing your thoughts, start including people in your thoughts, comment on their stuff, they'll comment back on your stuff. Recommend stuff to people, they'll recommend stuff back to you. So it's like, it's like a give and take relationship. Um, Utilize those things that, that, that you are most comfortable in. Don't add all of the, you know, you know, you don't need to include hip hop, type of language if you don't listen to hip-hop if you're not interested in hip-hop you know write those things that you're interested in and tie it back to your specialization right um and then in regards to how long you want to share it you know once you put a blog out there people are going to expect you to share more right this is how you grow a following right so you can't put one blog out there and then expect you're going to get 30,000 hits, you have to grow your following. So people will continue to read your stuff if they see that you are always posting updated stuff, right? So it becomes almost like a job, but a job you love, right? And, and that's how you, you grow your brand, and that's how you start growing your brand. You start simple, you start small, and you have this strategy to continue growing it and developing and also um, maturing in this, in this level of work.
0: Wow, this is a dope show. <laughs> uh, you drop knowledge that no one has dropped before on this topic. So it was definitely awesome to have you as a guest on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Uh, you are welcome. Uh, people, you know how I do this. The video cast will be going up on YouTube. I need you to subscribe and leave some comments. The podcast itself is going up on iTunes and SoundCloud. Again, I need you to follow, subscribe, and leave some comments because your boy's trying to get Oprah on the show and I need her to know that I'm running things around here. Uh, so, again, I would like to thank Dr. Imar Rahim for being a guest on the show. It was my pleasure and I'll make sure I call Oprah for you. Hey, you got that connect. Let's do this. The <laughs> uh, people, as always, invest in you, EDU, peace.